This podcast is a production of Schweitzer, a United Methodist Church, transforming lives by making disciples of Jesus Christ. The Lord has always been a good shepherd to me. When I first started in kids' ministry, I was helping in the BSF program with preschoolers, and one of the, part of their curriculum was to do a rhythm time with, with music. Well, I was not gifted in music at all, so I had a very hard time with that part of the curriculum. So one day after classes, I was driving home. I was feeling very distraught over this whole situation and trying to do just the simplest thing and playing some music with the kids. And I got to my driveway, and as I'm praying and feeling more and more like, I can't do this, Lord, I just can't do this, he said to me, Dawn, give each child a different instrument. And I'm thinking, oh, great, this is really helpful because... I can't handle one instrument alone as 25 instruments. So um, as I'm sitting there praying a little longer, he said to me, Dawn, go over to Lori's house. Go see Lori. So I backed out of my driveway, and I go over to Lori's house, and she is standing in her garage as I pull up. So I walk in, and before she could say anything else, she said, Oh, Dawn, I have to tell you this. I have something for you. So she walks over to a cabinet in her garage, and she opens up the doors, and inside are all these little instruments, drums, whistles, bells, anything you needed for little kids. And I just started to weep. As I'm standing there, just soaking in what God was telling me, he was being my shepherd, and he was guiding me and leading me and telling me, Dawn, I love you, and I'm going to do anything to have my plan for you accomplished. Here it is for you, laid out. The Lord hears me, he listens to me, he guides me, and he loves me. I'm Don Thompson, and I'm following Jesus. Good morning. It's good to be with you today. Um, When I was a little kid growing up, I was around pictures and images of Jesus quite a bit. We had, uh, I don't know if any of you had like a Bible storybook that you had at your house. We had one and it had a number of pictures of of Jesus in it. And and, uh, some of the pictures that were in it were a little like this with Jesus and and a lamb. And, you know, those, it's sort of got a a great memory in or, or a great hook in my own emotional mind about who Jesus is in terms of he's he's like a shepherd who cares for the sheep you know he's he's very he seems to be a very careful personality in that in that image uh, and there's there's other pictures too where Jesus would put the you know the, the there's a story of Jesus tells a story of a shepherd who goes out and he goes looking for one of the lost sheep and and with that story in at least in the bible that I had growing up there was this picture of Jesus with the lamb around his shoulders coming back to the, to the 99. Very comforting pictures of Jesus. Uh, helpful pictures of Jesus because at some level Jesus is very comforting. And yet when I started to look at this text 
that we're going to look at today from John chapter 10, where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I discovered that Jesus has a different picture or there's a different uh, metaphor that Jesus would have us view of him as the good shepherd. You see, because the context, within the context and the framework of, of where the conversation takes place, where, we'll, and we'll get to it in just a minute, we'll, where we read it. Jesus is on the porch of Solomon, or another way to say it is Solomon's portico, next to the temple in Jerusalem. The season is Hanukkah, where there's a celebration going on. The several lights, after, after the temple was uh, cleansed from from a uh, desecration that took place in the, in the late 180s B.C. And, and they celebrated by, by cleansing the temple and, and making sure that it was consecrated once again for worship. And that's where the lights, the several lights of Hanukkah that come from around Christmas, you, you can go and I'll let you Google the full story because you, you ought to Google that. But the context is, is that's the season. And Jesus has been... At the temple, he's been there worshiping. And while he was at the temple worshiping and celebrating the, the, cre- the, the reconsecration of the temple, he came across a guy who was blind, and Jesus healed him. And that healing sparked a great controversy uh, where a lot of people were asking the question, who is this guy who heals blind people, and why is he doing it now? And who is this guy who's got a, a number of followers? A really big question that a number of people were asking was, who is this guy? And so to that question, Jesus gives a picture, a, a metaphor, something that the people who are there who are walking in Solomon's portico can relate to. He says, I am the good shepherd. We pick up this story in John chapter 10. Can we just go right there, Ren? John chapter 10. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. When the hired hand sees the wolf coming, he leaves the sheep and he runs away. That's because he isn't the shepherd and the sheep aren't really his. So the wolf attacks the sheep and he scatters them. He's only a hired hand and the sheep don't matter to him. I am the good shepherd, says Jesus. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. I give up my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that don't belong to this sheep pen. I must lead them too. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me. I give up my life so that I can take it up again. No one takes it from me, but if I give it up, or I give it up because I want to, and I have the right to give it up, and I have the right to take it up again, I receive this commandment. From my Father. When Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd, he's not only picking up on, a, on an agrarian picture where everybody in Jerusalem at the time when Jesus says that could have, could have seen shepherds in the field or they would have known somebody who was a shepherd. But he was picking, he was picking up on this idea that had, had morphed into what a really good leader for Israel would look like. Because Israel remembered that there was once a boy who was a shepherd boy who faced a a critical juncture in the life of Israel and this shepherd boy stepped in to the point of of a battle and he took on Goliath. And so we have a picture of, of David and Goliath. 
And Israel, Israel imagined and they longed for and they hoped for and they were really, uh, you know, one of those deep hopes in a, in a person's life. They were hoping that someday somebody like David would come along again who was, who was somebody who was a shepherd but he knew the people. He knew the people and he cared about the people and, and he was willing to step out into places where nobody else would step out into. He was willing to take risks and he was, he was willing to lead the people, whether it was into battle or into worship. They were longing for somebody like that. And that, that longing was, um, was given a, a, a piece of language. It was, this is the good shepherd. We know David's the good shepherd. And when Israel flourishes, it's because we have somebody who's like David, somebody who's the good shepherd. So when Jesus begins to talk about who I am, when he begins to answer that question that's around him, he says, I'm the good shepherd. I'm somebody that you've been longing for. And, and here are marks of the good shepherd. He says, you'll know the good shepherd because the good shepherd lays down his life for others. The good shepherd is, is somebody who knows the sheep. The good shepherd is somebody who, who sees things that other people don't see. So Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep. I lay down my life. I see things and I gather people together that, that other people don't see. Let's look at the first item that Jesus says, or the first descriptive phrase he says. Where he says, I lay down my life for others. Certainly in the Gospel of John, that's a bit of a foreshadowing of what's yet to come in the life of Christ. Because in the life of Christ, Christ knows that he's facing something like the cross. It is something that's out in front of him. The other people who are around him don't know that. But Jesus knows that. And so he gives a little brief picture, a brief window into the future. But in another sense, when he says, I'm somebody who lays down my life for others, Jesus is simply reminding us and he's pointing us to stories of people who have, who have been passionate about other people doing well, about other people thriving, about other people flourishing. He's somebody in the line of David who will step into a place that nobody else wants to step into, either because the job's too dirty or the job's too rough, or the job has, has too many potential possibilities for going wrong. Jesus says, I will lay down my life. I'll put myself out on the line. I'll give my time, my treasure, my talent because I care about other people. I'll step into a place, place of leadership. As I was thinking about uh, that sense of Jesus uh, laying down his life and giving of himself, giving of the full measure of himself for others, I began to think about people who do that in our world, in our time, people that we see and we rub shoulders with. One of the, one of the folks that came to my mind, just as, as an example of people who do this, are people who teach in very difficult circumstances or people who who say you know what I feel a call to teach and I feel a call to teach in places that nobody else wants to go to because the task of, of being called to be a teacher in some schools is very difficult because kids come and they're not really ready to learn or I can go and teach in a spot where there there isn't a great salary or there's not a great retirement but I don't know what it is about it but I just feel called to teach in a certain spot and teachers who teach because of passion and because they have a calling, um, they just, stories are inspiring. 
But it's not just teachers, right? I mean, there's doctors, there's nurses, there's, there's all kinds of people who step out on behalf of somebody else because they sense that God is calling them to, to lay down their life, if you will. A week ago, um, we were with uh, my family and I, we were with Anna's family. We all uh, came from the spots where we live and we gathered at a spot in, in southern Kentucky, a spot called Cumberland Falls. And I'll show you a picture of that. Uh, we hiked, one of the things that we did was we hiked back into a fall that's about three miles off of the beaten path. You have to hike back into it. This is called Eagle Falls. It's part of the state resort park at, at Cumberland Falls. And um, it's a great hike with, as you see around the waterfalls, there's big boulders. And so it takes a lot of, it's pretty challenging to, to get back into that spot. And um, my boys, they went on ahead, you know, they, they were like deer ready for the journey. They're like, let's conquer this trail. Let's go see the waterfalls. It's going to be great. Um, Anna and I went along and we're like, we're the parents now concerned about what rocks they get up on, you know, and, and are the rocks all safe? And they're not all safe. And uh, Anna about had a heart attack one time where, uh, anyway, you have to go there and you have to live it. But I was really, I was really proud of my, of, uh, my in-laws because my, well, especially my father-in-law, he's 76 years old. He's been in, in good health for most of his life and, and yet... 76 is starting to just show just a little bit. But he hiked along. He, he went out for the journey. He wanted to be there. He wanted to be there because he wanted to be with us. And he wanted to be present. And he wanted to be a part of, of the journey of his grandkids. Was it a, a spot where if something would have happened medically that, you know, it would have been easy to get him out of that spot? Not at all. But he was willing to step into a spot and lead and share his life. And that's what Jesus says he does as the good shepherd. He jumps into life. He steps out of heaven and he jumps into the life that you live and I live. And he walks alongside of us. He says, I lay down my life for my sheep. Something else Jesus says, he says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. That sense of knowing Jesus from our perspective is, is a gift, really a gift that we have because Jesus whispers in our ear, Jesus talks with us, Jesus makes himself known to us. But it's a beautiful thing that Jesus would know us because sometimes we, we're not always aware that Jesus knows us, that he knows us better than we know ourselves. A couple of weeks ago, there was a young guy who came into the food pantry, and he was sharing with our prayer uh, people who, who work there some of the reflections of his own life. And he had kind of looked into the mirror, reflected on his own life, and he composed a poem. And I want to share that poem of Isaac with you today. Isaac Hughes wrote this poem titled Inside Doubt. And he said, Alone to sit in my mind full of doubt, longing to learn what it's all about. Looking inward for answers profound, I'm lost in this place with no others around. I've battled with liars who've led me astray. Then my demons came calling with hell to pay. Despite all my wisdom, I'm now just the host. The man that I could be, I'll miss the most. Isaac Hughes wrote a, 
A poem that speaks for many of us at certain parts of our life. Where we have questions about who we are. Where we're disappointed maybe with the trajectory that life has taken us. Where we begin to wonder if we're missing out on something that we were called to do or something that that is really important. Maybe we've blown it. I think some of what Isaac writes about is this sense of like, I've just have blown it and now my life is just sort of a mess. I don't know what to do with it. Jesus, it seems, knows all about those sense, those feelings, that sense that we have, that, that you might have, that, that I've had. I'm reminded of a story that's at the tail end of the Gospel of John where Jesus draws close to Peter. It's after the resurrection. It's after Jesus has gone to the cross. And Peter is up on, on the Sea of Galilee and he's fishing. And the thing that's sort of in Peter's mind is this reality that he's let Jesus down. You know, at, when they're celebrating the Last Supper, Peter made a, a bold statement to Jesus. Jesus I'll never let you down. I'll never forsake you. I'll always be with you. But when, when the crush time came, Peter denied Jesus. And so that's always been with Peter. And Jesus finds Peter fishing on the Sea of Galilee. And he makes breakfast. And then he asks Peter to go for a walk. And as they're walking along, Jesus asks Peter, Three times, in fact, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And after Peter replies each time, Jesus says something like this, feed my sheep, take care of my lambs, feed my sheep. I think in the back of Peter's mind, Peter must be asking the question like, Jesus, are you serious? I mean, I've let you down. Do you think I'm trustworthy? Do you think I can, I can do what you're asking me to do? How am I supposed to to do this. And Jesus says, I know you, Peter. I know what you've said. I I know where you've been. I I know what you've done. But I know more than just this aspect of you. I know who God made you to be. I know what God has put in you. I I know your capacities. I know things about you that you don't yet know. But I know you. I know what God wants to do in your life. I know what God can do if you let the Holy Spirit, if you let all of me flow into all of you. So Jesus says, feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. That was a really good word to me at a certain point in my life when I felt like a failure. I don't know if you've ever been at that spot, but when I was young and I had more strength than I have today. And I thought that, you know, the world was just right for young people who had all kinds of ideas. I went to a church that was really struggling and and wasn't very healthy. And everything I tried to do seemed to just sort of flop. Every step we tried to, to take forward as a church seemed to fail. I came to a spot where it, the church was, was going to be voting on whether to close and I felt like I was just a an utter failure. And I had no idea how I could go on. It was like at that midst, between all of God's grace, God just seemed to call out to me and say, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? 
take care of my lambs? Do you love me? Feed my sheep. I'm like, but Jesus, do you know? And he's like, yeah, I know. I know all of what's happening in life. But I'm still calling you to follow me. I'm still calling you to, to not bury your sense of faith or not bury your sense of, of discipleship. I'm still calling after you. Follow me. So Jesus says, I laid down my life. Jesus says, I know my sheep. And then Jesus says, you know what? I've got sheep that are in other pastures that you don't know anything about. Jesus, Jesus is like, um, he's like an entrepreneur. He's like a business person who's, who's looking beyond the stuff that everybody else sees, right? He's a real leader. He's looking and he knows that there are other people who have no idea that Jerusalem is a place where people worship God. And yet Jesus looks out at the world and he sees people, people who need to know God, people who need to be connected to God. Jesus sees, well, he sees us. From all the way back there in Jerusalem, Jesus sees us. He not only sees us, but he sees all the people of the world. And his heart longs for people to be connected to God, to be, to be at one with God. And so he says to those folks, he says, I seek to gather people that you don't know anything about. And I seek to bring them to a place where they're connected deeply with God. And nothing really will stop me. One of the pictures that I just love that represents that idea that Jesus longs for all the world is this picture here. It's a picture of Jesus gathered with children from all over the world. Because they all matter to him. You matter to him. You matter to Jesus. And he longs to be your shepherd. He longs to be somebody that you say, like at the end of all of those videos, the I Am videos that we've been watching through this series, like my name is Jason. And I'm following Jesus. Um, that's really an invitation that comes to each and every one of us. Right? It's an invitation that comes to us when we're feeling great about life and it's an invitation that comes to us when we're in the, in the depths and when life doesn't look very pretty. Jesus finds a way to come alongside of us. Maybe it's through a friend, maybe it's through a whisper of the Spirit into our ear, but he finds a way to come alongside of us to say this, I'm the good shepherd. I don't know who you're following right now, but I'm the good shepherd. And wherever you're at, I want to send an invitation to you to follow me. To follow me in, in the fullness of your life, with all of your life. Follow me. This morning, we're going to gather around the Lord's table. And as we do that, there's an invitation that's been written and used at, a, at an abbey in, in Ireland, the Iona Abbey. And I want to share this invitation with you because I think this is an invitation that Jesus would just share as we get ready to come to this table. The table of the bread and the cup is before us. It's ready for us. It is the table of the company with Jesus and of all who love him. And it's the table of sharing with the poor of the world with whom Jesus identified himself. It's the table of communion with the, with the earth in which Jesus became incarnate. 
So hear this. Come to this table. You who have much faith. You who would like to have more. Come to this table. You who have been here often. And you who have, been, who have not been here for a long time. Come to this table. You who have tried to follow Jesus. And you who have failed. Come. Because Christ invites us to this table. And he invites us to follow him, the good shepherd.